so, uh, you know, thinking about God's grace and the, the series in which we, we are on, we're going to be on week two. Uh, we will be in um, Galatians chapter one. We're going to get verses 11 uh, through 24 today. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to this because as, we, as we're going through this series and as we're talking about God's grace, and, and every week we're going to be emphasizing God's grace. And now, not just because we're in this series, but I, I think that we need to understand that God's grace is not just in this series, it's in all of our lives. And I want to make a confession because this is my time of confession. I'm claustrophobic, so I won't go in the little box. I'm just testing the waters here a little bit, y'all. No, I'm not claustrophobic, but I've always wanted to go into a confessional with the priest on the other side and just start saying some random things and see the reaction. So maybe that's sacrilegious. Forgive me. Again, confession time. Um, but back on track, because um, if not, it's going to be a long day. We might end up uh, stuck in the valley like we are in uh, uh, the forge. Uh, if you're in the forge, we, we've been in the valley of Elah for the past couple weeks, three weeks, I don't know, two weeks, uh, but we'll get out. Um, but anywho, stay focused, Lee, stay focused. When we're talking about grace, you know, I, I was thinking about this even yesterday. I had a, a, a face-to-face confrontation um, over basically what, what uh, uh, Kurt said today. Um, but uh, in my own, I had, I had one of those moments where um, I needed to practice what I preached, right? A, a buddy of mine who, who is a pastor um, it has a, a sign over the, his door. You know how, like, uh, you see, I think it's Notre Dame that has that We Are Champions, and as they go out from the tunnel, they hit the We Are Champions. He's got this sign over uh, his door that says, Become What You Preach. And, and I love it. I don't know if he hits it every time that he goes out. Um, I'll, I'll ask his wife. She'll tell me. Um, but anywho, I, I was talking to him and... Uh, uh, about some things, but this week, um, you know, I was talking about grace and, and how um, I don't think that we really have a grasp on it, on, on, on the magnitude of the unmerited favor of God, and, and sometimes I, I don't think that I have a grasp on it as well, and, and I love how God in His infinite wisdom um, gives you some up-close-and-personal, in-your-face moments, and, and yesterday was one of those. So I'm going to confess something, and, and Please, when I say this, don't use, don't use this against me, and don't use my fault as a license for you to do something stupid, right? Are we clear? We're all like, oh, what is it? I, I, I skipped my Bible reading plan yesterday. Okay, I, right? But, but here, here's the thing. I was sitting in bed last night, and I'm like, it came to me, I'm like, oh, snap. I didn't. Do my Bible reading plan today. And I had that, that, that instant moment where I'm like, well, i got to hurry up and get it done. And at that moment, it was, it was beautiful. Because at that moment, God, and He didn't speak to me audibly or anything like that. But God spoke to me and said, I'm going to love you even if you don't read the Bible today. Not that I didn't read the Bible. I was preparing for, I was in, the, some of you are like, wait a second, what are we going to talk about today? 
There's a difference of Bible reading plan and preparing for teaching and devotion, whatever. My Bible reading plan, the you need to read this chapter and this chapter and this chapter and whatever, I did not do. But God, God spoke to me and said, you know what? My, 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 my love for you, my favor towards you is not, uh, uh, not dependent upon how much you are reading the Bible. Now, as Kurt said, and I fully agree with him, we, we are motivated to read the Bible so we can learn more about Him. But what, 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 I'm, what I'm communicating to, to everyone today is something that was a, in my face, like I'm talking about grace. I'm preaching upon grace. But in that moment, I didn't think that God's grace applied to me because I forgot to read my Bible reading plan for the day. Don't, don't, don't raise your hands, but... I'm sure that there's other people who have been in that same category. And you feel like dirt sometimes. Like, man, I didn't read my Bible reading plan today. Oh, I'm such a loser. Oh, God's going to be so mad at me. God loves you nonetheless when you don't read your Bible reading plan. God doesn't love you more if you do. What I'm saying is God's grace is sufficient no matter what we do. Now, remember the pendulum that I talked about last week? This is a big swing towards the freedom. Whoo, I'm free. I ain't got to read my Bible. Did I say that? No, I did not say that. What I am saying is do not, do not carry the weight of guilt and shame because you missed a day. Because that's what the devil is going to press into. The devil wants you and wants me to believe that God's grace is not enough. That we've got to work towards that. But he says, my grace is sufficient. So I think that in our time today together, what I want us to do is just remember that we're living free under the gospel of grace. But don't hear me like we don't have responsibility. And I love how Kurt put it there. What is our motivation? Is our mo motivation trying to earn God's favor? Or is our motivation to know the God who saves us? So let's look at, at Galatians chapter 1. In Galatians chapter 1, like I said, we're going to go um, through uh, 11 through 24. And um, can we do this? I'm going to read the whole thing, and I'm not going to explain it. Then I'll go back. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. For I would have you know, brothers. That means, that means and sisters too, right? That's all. I just need, what I need to do ahead of time is like, right? This is what it says, but add and, 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 uh, Okay. For I would have you know, brothers, that the gospel that was preached by me is not man's gospel. For I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my former life in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God violently and tried to destroy it. And I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people. So extremely zealous was I for the traditions of my fathers. 
But when he who set me apart before I was born and who called me by his grace was pleased to reveal his son to me in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately consult with anyone, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me. But I went away into Arabia and returned again to Damascus. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to visit Cephas and remained with him 15 days. But I saw none of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. And what I am writing to you before God, I do not lie. Then, excuse me, that, that doesn't count. Then I went into the regions of Syria and Cilicia, and I was still unknown in person to the churches of Judea that are in Christ they only were hearing it said, "He who persecuted, or who he who per, her, per, he, ha ha." They were only hearing it said, "He who used to persecute." That was the word I was missing. He who used to persecute us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy, and they glorified God because of me. Whew. All right, I did it. Yes, we did it. So here's the deal. What is Paul saying here? In this chunk of Scripture here, I want to I highlight three main parts here. So if you're taking notes, you can kind of break it down this way. But what, what I want us to do is I want us to focus on the gospel. And, and understand, remember last week we, we uh, uh, talked about what the gospel is, um, the good news of God's redemptive plan for, for sinful humanity. Um, but that's nothing new to you all. You've heard that many, 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 many times over the years. Um, but we're going to look at, at uh, the gospel, we're going to look at the messenger, and then we're going to look at the outcome. The gospel, the messenger, and the outcome. And I think that we, as we look at this text, um, this text speaks to us right now, 100%. So when, 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 we, when we started out of the gate, Paul says, For I would have you know, brothers and sisters, and so it's meaning, hey, I'm talking to the church here, that the gospel that was preached by me is not man's gospel. What, is he, what does he mean that it's not man's gospel? This is, this is a question which I ask, like, so why is this so important that the Apostle Paul said that the gospel in which I'm preaching to you is not man's gospel? Now, I, I will get into, when we talk about the messenger, we're going to talk about the, the apostle and, and a little bit of backstory on him. But this understanding that man's gospel, this is not man's gospel, it's the gospel of God, is important because man did not invent the gospel. Well, some of you, this is, it, it would be uh, very, I don't know, rudimentary to, to, to a lot of you. Well, duh, we know that. But here's the deal. Man did not invent the gospel. God came up with it. It was God's plan. So the, the, what is the importance of that? The importance of that? Well, here, just think about this on, on a strictly logical level. We, we can be logical. If it were up to man to come up with the way in which to um, get to heaven, the way in which man would, would, would derive and, and come up with an idea would, would include Earning God's favor would include works-based righteousness. Well, some of you would be like, well, no, I, I really would think that you know God's got to do His... You, you think that way now because you've already been given the truth of the gospel. But man left to himself is going to figure out, how can I accomplish this? 
What, what, what is it that is inside me? What works can I do to get to God? Because man's, the, the, the default, and when I say man, I'm saying mankind, mankind's default mode of the heart, like at the end of the day, is works righteousness. What can I, I mean, look at, look at my, I mean, I, I'll look at my, my marriage. What can I do to make my wife happy? Nothing. Um, <laughs> love you, baby. That's not true, right? No, but, but we think about that. What can, my kids are like, what can I do to make mom happy? What can I do to make dad happy? What can I do to make my boss happy? What can I do to make my teacher happy? What can I do to make, and just fill in the blanks. It's like, my, our, our happiness is dependent upon the works in which I can muster up. That's how, how man, mankind is. And I love, I, I love, I had a little interaction with, uh, um, with, with Shelly this week and then with uh, the, their oldest son, uh, Chuck and Shelly's oldest son, James, um, because uh, long, long, long story, I was talking to Shelly about um, how everything's a competition with Gabe. And, and while I was talking to, to her about, about this, James comes walking in, and he really didn't have any idea what we were talking about, but he heard about the competi- everything's a competition, and he said, well, duh. And if you think about that, everything really is a competition. If it's left up to us, we are going to compete for what we think is the best. So if, if man were to come up with the gospel, there would have to be some type of hurdles and some type of uh, Spartan games or something. Anybody watch the new Spartan games with The Rock? Well, you guys are like... Sti- no, they're Spartans, aren't they? See, we're the Titans. So, all right. Anybody watch the Titan games? Still nobody. Spartans, Titans, whatever, Bohemians. We would think that there would have to be some obstacles in which we'd have to go over spiritually to get this, this status in which we can then dwell with God for, forever. But what we have to understand is that the message of, of grace for us, it's really, it, it seems counterintuitive for us, right? As human beings, like, what do you mean? I ain't got to work for this? Everybody remember, remembers what grace is, right? The unmerited favor of God. Like, I ain't got to do nothing, and he, 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 he's given me this? Like, I, I, wait a second, I've got to at least read my Bible reading plan every day, right? I've got to at least do this, I've got to, no, 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 no. No matter what we do, his grace is sufficient. And I love that song, his grace is, is enough. What, what happens with grace is because it's like counterintuitive to our, our, how we are wired, Grace, as I wrote down here, grace offends our natural sensibilities. It doesn't make sense to us. It really really doesn't. Like, we want to have some type of control. No one in here is going to raise their hand, right? (laughs) I see a bunch of you chuckling. We want to have some type, like, I want to have control of, of my destiny. I mean, that's what the Disney World tells us and everything, right? That's what TV, television, that's what society, like, you can have control of your de- destiny. I had a, a, an awesome conversation with a guy at the gym the other day that uh, him and I were, were, were talking, and he said that, man, I just, I just can't stand the, 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 this culture where uh, people are telling their kids, well, you can be whatever you want to be when you grow up. Because I said, my parents were liars. I can't be, man, I, if, if I wanted to be a pterodactyl, I can't. It just ain't going to happen, Right? 
But if Johnny, if you really, if you believe really hard, and if you try really hard, and if you just do this, this, and this, you could be whatever you want. Now, I'm not telling us we should like shatter our kids' dreams. But I think we need to be real about things. Just because you want to do something or just because you believe something doesn't mean that it's going to come true, right? And I think that that's part of that, that I've got to work to, to get. I've got to earn God's favor. And that's the way in which we, if it was man's gospel, how things would uh, turn out. The gospel of grace, I like this, and I read this from, from a guy this week. The, the gospel of grace is like water. People didn't invent it, but people cannot live without it. We, we need to understand that, that God has given us everything including the saving grace in which we can have so we can be in commune with, with Him. So if, if, God's, if, if, if the, the gospel is God's and not man's, what we have to understand is that the gospel draws neither its, or, its origin or its authority from men. It's, it's important. It's not only that, it's, it, it, that it doesn't draw its origin from, from men, man, hum, humankind, but it doesn't draw its authority from man. This is, a, this is one of those things that, that, that uh, I, I'm, I'm a big stickler, and my wife and kids will tell you that um, source matters. Because in, in an age where people like to talk, anybody know someone who likes to talk? Yeah, yeah, thank you. <laughs> Everybody in here likes to talk, or you know somebody who likes to talk. And a lot of times people like to talk just to hear themselves talk, right? There, there's a lot of talk out there. We even have something that's called fake news. What in the world is that? It's just people wanting to talk to hear themselves talk. So when we, have, we live in a society now that we can, I can fart sideways, pardon my French, I think it's Dutch anyways, I can break wind sideways in church and it can be up on the internet in seconds i could just like i said a little bit ago that god loves you even if you don't read your bible that can be tweeted and thousands of people can be like oh did you hear what that pastor said that you ain't got to read your bible you should put him in the same category with andy stanley some of you are like wait a second i don't understand it it's funny don't worry about it it's like, you need to laugh at that. Anywho, but I, in, 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 a, uh, in, in a culture that has this, this, this want to, to talk, I think it's all the more important we have to understand where the source of what it is we're saying comes from. And that's why I, I love when, when Paul is talking here, he says, the gospel in which I preached to you, it's not mine, but I got it from from God. I got it from the lips of Jesus Christ Himself. And I think about this, it kind of, as, I, as I, was, I was, you know, going through this, thinking about like source and, you know, the source of the gospel and having good sources. And, you know, I was thinking about this. It is imperative to get your beliefs from the right source, right? It's imperative to, to, to get your beliefs from the right source. Now, when I say this, there are a lot of people. I've encountered them as well. That that they have this, you know, sincerity. But I'm really, you know, I'm, I really believe that if I go up and I hug this tree really hard, 
that special energy will come out. And it'll save me from the, the, the attack of the killer zombie whales. I'm, I'm being, you know, extreme here, right? But, but they, they can have this sincerity in something else. They can be completely sincere in the wrong thing. So source matters. I, I was thinking about source, and everybody in here has used a GPS, you know, one time or another, and probably thrown it out the window at least once, right? I, I, it, it matters if the GPS is right, doesn't it? Yeah. I, funny story, Shannon and I were in Seattle a few years ago with some friends, and um, we wanted to go uh, see the, the, the Apple, where, where Apple does some of their stuff or whatever. Or, no, it wasn't Apple. It was, I don't know, somewhere. We wanted to go see somewhere, and I had my Apple phone with Siri. And we know that Siri, especially I have like a, a, an Australian accent lady on there. Uh, yeah, good I might, right? Oh, I wish he was like Mick Dundee. Mick Dundee, that'd be even better. But I, I said, okay, hey, let's, let's go to this place, whatever. I can't even remember where it was now. But so we type it in, and they're saying, she says, turn here, turn here, make a, make a U-turn here, whatever. You know, that crazy, cool voice. Um, but we ended up, and this was just, it, it was, it, it, I mean, it couldn't happen any better. We ended up at the Microsoft headquarters. <laughs> That's not where we, that wasn't where we were trying to go. Just think about that. Apple product, Siri, and we ended up at Microsoft. That's, that's funny. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious, this is going to be a long day. Ha, 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 ha. No, so, but for some reason, she took us the wrong direction. But my full trust was in that little lady on the, on the other end of the phone. I listened to that lady. I listened to my wife as well. <laughs> what I'm saying is, you know what? We could be led in the wrong direction when we think that we're going to in, in the right direction if we have bad input. And we need to make sure that, that, that we have the, the, the true source, the, the, the pure source, the authority of God. And that's what Paul is saying here. He's saying this authority that, that, it, 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 that I have preached, the gospel that I have given is not dependent upon me, it is dependent upon the one who gave it to me. So we look at that and we say, he goes on to say, look at this. For I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. The second part I want to talk about is this part about the messenger. And we're going to spend a few minutes here because I think this is, this is very important. Because he, he, he launches in, after he says, I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. And some would be like, well, when did that happen? Well, I, I think that, it, that we need to, to look at what his next statement is, and then we'll, we'll, we'll uh, put a bow on this. For you heard of my former life in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God violently and tried to destroy it. So he, he goes on and saying, um, you, you, you all have heard of wh- who I used to be. You all have heard that I used to persecute the church. And it doesn't just say persecute, persecute the church. It says that I tried to destroy the church. This is a term in which Josephus uses as like utter destruction, leveling to the ground, going way beyond um, any normal means, but going, taking and dropping a, 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 uh, a laser-guided bomb on a single man is basically... A little extreme. He's like, I was going, I was so zealous, he says here, for what it is that I was doing. 
But somebody met with me at one point. That somebody was Jesus. Turn to, with me to um, Acts chapter 9. <clears throat> to understand a little bit more about the messenger, I think we need to understand this, this conversion that, that, that took place. <coughs> Excuse me. In Acts chapter 9, this is the first of three times that Paul's conversion story is talked about in um, the book of Acts. The first one is, is a story that's given by Luke, is communicated by Luke. Well, the whole book is written by Luke, but uh, communicated by Luke. And the other two are, are, are Paul recounting them himself, but that, that's nonetheless here. What we have to, to, to look here is look at, at uh, Acts chapter 9, verse 1. It says, but Paul, I'm sorry, but Saul, I, I do that all the time. Wait a second, Saul, we're talking about Paul. Well, Saul of Tarsus became Paul the apostle. All right? So it says, but Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him, for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any belonging to the way, many Christians, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. So, so right here we understand. Remember, keep your finger here. Turn, turn back to, to Galatians. I should have told you to keep your finger there in Galatians. But turn back to, to, to Galatians and look and see what, what he says here. For you have heard of my former life in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God violently and tried to destroy it. And I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people. So extremely zealous for, was I for the traditions of my father. So he's saying, I was so bought in to what it is that I was doing. I thought I was doing what was right. To the extent that I went to the high priest and got letters to say that you could go and you could uh, kidnap, basically, and put in prison and ultimately murder Christians. Because Paul had it in his mind that what was what, the, the, this new thing that, he, that, that had take, taken place since this, this, this guy came and died and supposedly rose on the third day, this new thing that took place, this, this new way, it's called the way, this new way was, was wrong and what he knew was right. So it says he was zealous. He said, I'm going to work for God's favor here and I'm going to work my tail off to earn God's favor to put to death all of these people who are talking about this this Jesus loves you, and he gave his life for the penalty of sins, and I'm going I'm to stomp them all out. But something happened. Now, verse 3, Acts chapter 9. Now as he went on his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him. And falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. 
So just think about this for, for a second. Paul in his zealousness, his extreme zealousness, that's what he said back here in, in, in Galatians, right? He says, I'm going to set out and I'm going to put to death these, these people who are following the way, these, these Christians. They weren't called Christians yet, but they, that's what they were. I'm going to set, set out, I'm going to put them to death. I'm going to put my knowledge of God into practice here, and I'm going to kill them all. And I mean, some of you are like, okay, I get, I get, but this is, this is a, a, a clear definition of legalism. He, he was saying, okay, I am going to set out, I'm going to kill them. Look back at, at, at uh, Galatians chapter 15, a verse, or uh, chapter 1, I should say, uh, verse 15. We have some of my favorite words in, in the Bible. Really, my, one of my favorite. But. Right? It's a little but, but we like little buts as well. And I will not lie. <laughs> Move on down, right? But when he... Paul uses other, uh, uh, other way in which Paul says this, in, and I love in Ephesians, when we get there someday, we'll, we'll talk about that. But God... Same, same, same thought there. Because he was just saying, like, I, I killed Christians. I, I was so zealous for what I thought was right. He says, but God. But when he, who had set me apart before I was born, love that, talked about that last week, and who called me by his grace. Wait a second. It says that Paul was called by his grace. You mean, wait, wait, wait. Paul didn't do anything special to, to find favor in God's eyes? No, it says, and who called me by his grace was pleased, I love that, was pleased to reveal his son to me. The revelation of Jesus Christ to Paul was probably a revelation in which you and I have not had. Some, some may have a huge, uh, fantastic Man, I was smoking crack one day, and the next day I was preaching in, in church. It wasn't me. No, I'm just, just saying. But some people had this dramatic conversion story. They had this dramatic Damascus Road experience. Paul was on his way, proud, puffed out. He was on his donkey. And all the next thing, I, the next thing he knows is he's on his other donkey, which is on the ground, right? Fill in the blanks. So... He had this experience with the living Christ. He had this experience that, that, as it says here, that God already set him apart before he was born to have, that he who called him according to his grace, and he was pleased to reveal himself to him. I think there might have been a little bit he was pleased to knock him off his donkey onto the ground. I'm just saying. God has a sense of humor. If you don't believe so, look around. Um, says he was pleased to reveal his son to me. And, and, and I love that because back here where, where it says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he says, and Jesus goes on to say, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. And, but he doesn't just say, I'm Jesus, and leave it at that. No, he says, but rise and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. 
Paul had this moment where he encountered the risen Christ, and from that point on, his life was never going to be the same. Now, from that point on, it says that the reason that Jesus revealed himself to Paul, Saul at the time, but to be Paul, look at that in verse 16. Galatians 1, I know I'm going back and forth, back and forth, you've got to keep up. Galatians 1, verse 16, in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles. Jesus encountered Saul on the road to Damascus. And I want you to hear this. Because too many times, what we have is we, we, we do have this, this moment of conversion. This moment where we go from death to life and we are, we are happy and we are joyful for that. And we should be. But just like Saul of Tarsus becoming Paul, just like Paul was encountered by Christ and was changed from that point on, Paul was not saved. When we say saved, meaning the going from death to life, saved to eternity with God, meaning he's going to heaven, he's not going to hell. When Paul was saved, it wasn't for his own benefit. Some of you are like, well, well, then why do we do any of this? If it's not for any benefit to me, then why do we come to church? And why do we need to you know, believe in Jesus and everything? No, 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 no. It's a great luxury in which we have. It is a great reward in which we, can, we have the, to put our trust in Christ and to spend eternity with Him. But just like Paul here, when it says that He was pleased to reveal His Son to me in order that I might preach... Him among the Gentiles. The purpose of Paul's conversion was so that Paul could be a messenger for Christ. What did Jesus tell his disciples when, uh, right before he ascended into uh, heaven in Acts uh, chapter 1? That when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, uh, that you will be my witnesses. So understand this. Yes, it's a great thing, and it's the most, and this is why it is the best news ever that Christ died for me. He gave his life for me that I can be saved from um, eternal damnation. I can be saved to a, a relationship and, and a, uh, an eternity with him. But it's, that's not the purpose of it. The purpose of it is so that God's name can be glorified. When we look at it, and some of you will be sitting here and thinking like, well, that just doesn't make sense to me. Exactly. That back to the gospel is not made by man, it's made by God. The gospel is to glorify God. The gospel of grace, that he had unmerited favor so he could save a wretch like me. Right? We love Amazing Grace. We love that song. To save a, 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 a wretch like me, there's nothing I can do to... Uh, um, Gain his favor, but there is much that I can do because I have his favor. And that's what we have to, we have to understand and wrap our minds around. is like, yes, God saved you from, but God saved you to. You see what I, yes, we're saved from, from, from the, the, the pit of hell. Yes, we are saved to a relationship and an eternity with Him, but we're saved to show His glory. 
That's why Paul, I love, I love when Paul talks to Timothy and he says that, that in God's patience, he chose me. I think it's in maybe 1 Timothy 1 or something like that, that I was the chief of sinners. But it was in God's patience that he chose me to show and display his glory. Because as we, as we read here, Paul was killing Christians. I don't need anybody to raise their hand, or, but I don't think anybody in here is killing, actively killing and persecuting Christians right now. So no matter what it is that, that we do deal with, what we, the, the sin that is confronting us, that, that pales in comparison to actively killing Christians, right? Would we all agree with that? So if, if God can use arrogant, um, zealous, angry, because that's what he was, Paul was an angry man before this, this, this encounter, if he can use an individual like that and turn his life around and be the, the, one of the primary authors of the New Testament writing 13 books of the New Testament, if God can take a, a man who, who was so zealous against something and turn his life around and show that he is so zealously for something, why couldn't he use us? Why couldn't he use a little church like this? Why couldn't he do something great? And, and, and I love this because when, when he goes on to say, he, he gives a, a little bit, a little bit deeper uh, detail into this. And I'm, I'm, I'm circling the, the pattern. I'm getting ready to land. So just chill. Stick with me, though. You want to hear this. I did not immediately consult with anyone, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me. But I went into Arabia and returned again to Damascus. But he then goes on to say that after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to visit Cephas, Peter, the Apostle Peter, he went up to see Peter, and he says uh, he remained with him 15 days, but I saw none other than uh, other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. So the, what I want us to, 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 to look at here is, is um, the first encounter that, that Paul had with an apostle to build a relationship was with Peter. This is going to become very, 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 very important in the couple weeks to, to come here. Because he's building a, a bridge to, to uh, explain, to show the work in which he's been doing. Not so, to, so he can boast, but we're going we're gonna to see is to make sure that I'm preaching the right stuff. Not that he questioned the, the Lord's authority. Paul knows his zealousness, and he knows, like, if he's, I, I, I can speak for me, I'm a, I'm a man and I do things extreme sometimes. My wife is so proud of me because last night I stopped playing volleyball because my knee was starting to hurt. I'm like, I'm not going to blow it out. So she, she gave me brownie points. But anywho, most men go over the edge in everything they do. And when you go over the edge and go extreme in something, you flirt with um, the, uh, disaster. How about that? So, so Paul was saying, okay, I know that I am zealous now for the Lord, but I want to make sure my zealousness doesn't creep into uh, some self-propagating, uh, some self, uh, self-religious or self-righteous actions here. And that's what he's going to talk with, with, with uh, these apostles about in, in the future. But what I want us to, to look at is really the end of that. And this will be the end of, of, of the message today. So relationship with Cephas, we'll talk more about next week. The final thing I want to talk about, verse 22 through uh, 24. 
It says, and I was still unknown in person to the churches of Judea. So Judea is the area around Jerusalem, the area around um, uh, you know, Bethlehem, Jerusalem, that, 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 that area of uh, you know, the Holy Land. Paul was up in the, the upper parts. He actually went back to uh, his hometown of, of Tarsus. But it says, I, and I was still unknown in person to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. They were only hearing it said, this is what I love, They were only hearing it said, he who used to persecute us. And I love how there was a personal interaction. Like, he who used to persecute us, not just he who used to persecute the church. He who used to persecute us. Remember what Jesus said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Put those two together. These Christians here are saying that he who used to persecute us, Jesus is saying you're persecuting me. There's one in, I don't want to say one in the same, but what we have to understand is Jesus and the church go hand in hand here. We understand that Jesus and the church, we see through Scripture that the church is the bride of Christ. So think about husband and wife where it says that they're united when, when uh, that, that man should leave his uh, uh, mother and father, father and mother, and, and, and hold fast and be united as one. Think of Christ and the church as one. And this is, we can see this here by what Jesus said and now what the, the churches are, are saying about Paul here. He who used to persecute us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy, demolish, get rid of. So the dude, I don't know how else to put it, but thinking of like Osama bin Laden. I know I've used this before, but think of Osama bin Laden. I know he's dead and everything now. At least they say he is. I don't know. But anyways, so think of Osama bin Laden after 9-11, after all of the, the terrorism he caused against the United States. Comes to the United States and then is all of a sudden the, the biggest proponent of the United States. That would be weird, nonetheless. Right? How would you react to that? This is, this is the same type of reaction that these people here are experiencing, and they've got to do something with it. How, how, how do we handle this? How, how is this that the guy who is the greatest terrorist of the church is now the, 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 the greatest talker or the, the, the greatest evangelist or the greatest spoke per, spokesperson of the church. And look, how, look how they did respond. Verse 24, and they glorified God because of me. That's where I want us to, to end today because I, I think that, that's the outcome. We talk about the gospel, we talk about uh, the messenger, but the outcome is this. We understand that, that, that Paul wasn't converted for his own benefit. It says here that, that they glorified God because of Paul. Last question. Who can you say is actively glorifying God because of the transformation in your life? You talk about something that hits deep. Think about that. Because I'm sure that you could get on Facebook and there's a lot of people you can stir a lot of crap up with, right? There are a lot of people, a lot of uh, 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 hornet's nests that you can hit or bears that you can poke, but how many people are glorifying God because of the transformation in your life? I don't say that for anybody to be, oh, here we go, I'm no one. No, use that as an indicator of 
you know what? I'm not saved for my own benefit. But I've got, I, I, I got a duty here. I've got responsibility. God can use me. It might be little, it might be big, I, I don't know. But if we, if we are honest about that and we are actively trying to seek that relationship with Him, as the Apostle Paul says here, our lives will be changed. I think I said last week that you cannot encounter grace and be the same. If you encounter God's grace and you stay the same, you don't understand God's grace. If there's no transformation... Oh, hear me, I'm going to get e emails on this. If there's no transformation, there's no salvation. I'll tell you that right now. But that doesn't mean there's no hope. We have hope. You have hope because you're sitting here right now. You have hope because God has a plan and a purpose for you. You have hope because the tomb is empty. Let's pray. God, I... I, I uh, I thank you for what you're doing. Uh, I mean, week two into this, this series, in, in, um, I, I believe that, that this um, understanding of grace and this desire to understand your grace is already starting to deepen within the, the midst of, of everyone here. God, that we don't understand all the ins and the outs. We don't understand how all this stuff works, but we understand the truths of your gospel. So God, let us ask the question honestly. Answer it honestly and not try to be self-pious and self-righteous and try to make someone glorify God because of what you're doing. But God, just let it be a natural overflow. It's like the discourse that we can easily cause with our words, as James says, that we can light a forest on fire with the tongue. As I like to say, all the toothpaste comes out and you can't put it back in the tooth, into the holder. But God, as we communicate and as we live our lives, let us be actively aware and just thinking about Who's glorifying God because of me? And God, just let it be something that, that, we, that we do wrestle with, in a good way wrestling with. That All right, I, I'm using this as motivation. Like Kurt said earlier, like uh, my motivation to be in the Word, my motivation to pray, my motivation to be uh, in fellowship with, with brothers and sisters, my motivation is not so I can earn favor from you, God, but it's so I can learn more about you and, and I can grow in my relationship with you. So God, let our hearts be pure. Let our, our, our words uh, be impactful for you. I pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.